0: Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. So, as I mentioned in last week's podcast, if you tuned in for that, uh, Eddie reached out to me. And sent me an email with some uh, some different ideas of what to talk about. So today's podcast is the first one that is um, off of that list of things he gave me. So hopefully, especially to you, Eddie, this is helpful to you. And I hope it's helpful to everyone, really. Obviously, I'm here to serve you. And I think this is a really important thing to talk about because... I think it sort of addresses some misconceptions that people have when it comes to lyrics and music. And I also think it's just one of those things that is obvious once it's laid out for you, but it might take longer to figure out than one would think if it's not laid out for you. Um, I think of it sort of like this. If you're a guitarist, you might remember um, those days before when um, it wasn't second nature to you to just be able to strum and it sound natural. And it's funny because sometimes when I hear a beginning guitarist and I I see how just robotic their rhythm is and how unpleasant it is, it sort of blows me away. Cause I, I kind of take strumming for granted now, right? Like it's just, I just know how to do it. I know how to put the feel into it or whatever. And so if you're a guitarist, you understand that, right? Like it's just natural to you. You feel like I could just always do this well. And you forget that there was a point where you had to learn to strum. Cause now it just seems so basic to you because you're more advanced now. And, you know but but yet, you see your friend that's you know struggling with what to you is just the basic given, right, like you're too more worried about this weird chord transition from from a easy open chord to some crazy chord that you're doing all the way up the neck and be sure to get the riff in between, and so you're worried about that kind of stuff. Meanwhile, your friend over here is just like just to get a rhythm that doesn't sound robotic is is effort. And I think for songwriting, what we're talking about today sort of fits in that category where it's um, sort of a basic that is important, right? Like being able to strum is a very important part of learning guitar. Um, So this is similarly important to songwriting and is similarly uh, fundamental to it, but at the same time is looking back maybe not as obvious as it is to me now so especially if you're new with songwriting you might have never thought of this and if your lyrics sort of sound awkward or something this may address that so what is it we're talking about first let's just talk about the relationship between lyrics and rhythm It's pretty common to separate music writing from lyric writing, as if they're two totally separate concerns, right? Like, oh, I'm writing the lyrics today, and I'm writing the music today, I'm writing the melody today, I'm figuring out the chord progression today. Lots of things you might say. But really, they're inherently connected, because what we're talking about today is how lyrics have a natural rhythm. And we're basically talking today about the relationship between lyrics and rhythm. And there's really two parts we're going to get into. But that first part is that lyrics have a natural rhythm. So if you think about it, even when you speak a sentence, there's an emphasis on certain words and syllables. So take the sentence I just said, there's an emphasis on certain words and syllables. Now that's basically the same way I just said it. I just accentuated the Uh, strong syllables even more but let's take the following sentence let's take the sentence go away you monster you don't say go away you monster right like that sounds awkward right it's actually hard for me to say go away you monster like it just sounds awkward right like who talks like that that's sounds weird it's just it's jarring you say it like this, go away, you monster, right? It's go away, you monster. So some sentences are going to have an emphasis on certain syllables. And by some sentences, I mean all, really, right? Like there is a natural rhythm to words and that is something that you need to keep in mind when you are pairing your lyrics with your music there needs there you, because if your lyric is go away you monster for example and you're actually emphasizing go away that may come across as awkward now there may be a reason to do that as well but maybe a better example is you almost never will want to do monster Because that doesn't follow the natural rhythm of the sentence. And certainly, like with any songwriting rule that we have and we give ourselves, it should always come with the caveat that there's always, always some leeway to break the rule if you have the right reason. So none of these are hard, fast rules. They're just things to think about. That in general, things will flow a little bit better if you keep in mind the actual syllables. What, what actually is a stronger syllable? What is actually a weaker syllable? So let's look at it from another angle. Let's take another example. We have, I don't like vanilla ice cream. Now again, this is not necessarily a lyric, it's a sentence, but at the end of the day, a lyric that's what lyrics are, right? Lyrics are words and sentences are words. And both have a natural rhythm to them and both have syllables that are emphasized and ones that are de-emphasized. So, I don't like vanilla ice cream. Let's, let's take some look, so a look at some different ways to say this exact same sentence. First, let's take this one. I don't like vanilla ice cream. Or, I don't like vanilla ice cream. What am I emphasizing there? I'm emphasizing I... I don't like vanilla ice cream. Now, what does that mean? What, what context can we get from that? Well, I'm emphasizing I don't like vanilla ice cream probably in response to someone saying something like, who doesn't like vanilla ice cream? I don't like vanilla ice cream, right? Because the point I'm trying to make Is I'm I'm trying to emphasize who doesn't like vanilla ice cream. It's already established that somebody doesn't like vanilla ice cream. The context already gives us that. But what's the important part of what I'm communicating? It's that I don't like it. Let's take the exact same sentence, but emphasize a different word. I don't like vanilla ice cream. Same exact sentence. Totally different meaning, right? I don't like vanilla ice cream versus I don't like vanilla ice cream. Same exact sentence, two completely different meanings, right? Because this is emphasizing the fact that you actually don't like vanilla ice cream. Rather than emphasizing who doesn't like vanilla ice cream, it's clarifying that, actually, that you actually don't. So this is probably in response to somebody saying something like, you like vanilla ice cream, right? Or or do you like vanilla ice cream? You say, I don't like vanilla ice cream. Because the main point is the status of whether you do or don't like vanilla ice cream. And then there's a third one. I don't like vanilla ice cream. Again, same exact sentence. We have, I don't like vanilla ice cream. We have, I don't like vanilla ice cream. And I don't like vanilla ice cream. This is clarifying specifically what type of ice cream you don't like. So if there's any confusion over what it is you don't like exactly, you're clarifying that. This could be because there's a misunderstanding of, well, um, somebody could be like, oh, I thought you don't like any ice cream. And then you're clarifying, no, I, I don't like vanilla ice cream. Or... They could have gotten wrong what it is you don't like. Instead of the big picture, big category, they thought, oh, I thought you don't like chocolate ice cream. No, I don't like vanilla ice cream. So how this connects to our music side of things is the rhythm of your melody should generally match up with the natural rhythms within your lyrics, And what we've been talking about here is our our natural rhythms, and it's important to consider both the natural emphasis and the syllables of words. But also, we want to take in into consideration the emphasis that we want to communicate. Right. So, the first thing we talked about was the "Go away, you monster" example, right? Where the natural emphasis is "Go away, you monster." That's there's a certain rhythm to that. There's, there's certain syllables that are accentuated, certain ones that are de-emphasized. But also, like we just talked about with the I don't like vanilla ice cream example, the emphasis that you choose to have, the stronger syllables that you choose to have, right? The I being strong versus the don't being strong versus the vanilla being strong, which is actually three whole syllables. But in that case, you're you're accentuating a whole word, really, rather than just paying attention to the natural rhythms. And it's important to take the, both of those into consideration. So let's take a look at um, a lyric that I've used as an example many times, actually, here. Um, and it's my song flightless and here is a part of the lyric so it's you've got the wings to fly so carry on your way no need to stay with me i've had my day so yes it rhymes on lines two and four okay so that's that's a piece of the puzzle right as you've heard if you followed this podcast at all, I am the first in line... Actually, I think the third podcast I ever wrote... Or ever recorded, rather... Was that your lyrics don't need to rhyme. And I'm actually huge into don't rhyme your lyrics... If it's going to hurt your lyric at all. Never, ever, ever be like... Oh, I gotta change this word from a perfect word to a less perfect word... To fit a rhyme scheme. That makes me want to pull my hair out. Please don't do that. But, in this case... It was a natural rhyme. So, I allow it, if you will. So, it also has syllables of six, 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 and then four. But that's not really what's important here. So, when you speak these words, what are the nat- what's the natural emphasis of me speaking it? You've got the wings to fly, so carry on your way. No need to stay with me. I've had my day. You can hear the emphasis of, you've got the wings to fly, right? And then, so carry on your way. And for carry, it's carry, right? It's not carry, it's carry. So carry on your way. No need to stay with me. I've had my day. So... Depending on context, you may say it like "you've got the wings to fly," or some other minor differences. But it would be awkward to accentuate the words "the" or "to," or the second syllable of "carry." Right? So there's just certain things where the emphasis falling on a certain word sort of doesn't make sense. The word "the" or "to" are not important words, or or so. Right? I mean, some of the, maybe they can be depending on context, but in this context. Uh, so and so carry on your way so is is really just a a filler word if you will it's not you know it's not really adding any meaning to the rest of the lyric so if if we just for example look at the first line you've got the wings to fly Let's take the non-accentuated words. We have you've, the, to. You've, the, two. All of those are kind of just like whatever words, right? Like they're words we need for it to be a coherent sentence. But they're not, like you get nothing from that, right? You've got you've, the, to. I mean, the and two is just complete filler words in the sense that... um now that they're not important, but like we do need actual sentences, right? But they're not communicating a specific meaning. But if we take all the strong beat words, all the accentuated words, you have got wings fly. Now that has some more important words in it. And th- those both might sound silly because, you know, they're not real sentences. But... Hopefully, you're starting to see just the, the the little details of of what to look at to really create the flow that we want with our lyrics. So, um, so the first three line, the, first of all, the fourth line, I've had my day. That changes up a couple things. It, it's it's uh, the second answer in the call to answer dynamic, which. For the record, most all Western music follows the whole call and answer, call and answer. That's why everything is in, you know, four measures. Two measures of the call and two of the answer. And then the four measure verse and then the second verse. Like, there's a bunch of call and answer concepts. Um, but we have, for each of these lines, call, answer, call, answer. And that last answer is is different than the first one. Or another way you could see it is you've got the wings to fly, so carry on your way, call, no need to stay with me, I've had my day, answer. So there's so many ways to look at it. But point being, I've had my day is a slight change up. So for this next part, we're going to sort of ignore that. There's stuff to take from that. Um, but nothing we're going to get into today. Today, we're talking more about the natural rhythms and how, um, music and lyrics and rhythm are sort of inherently connected in some ways. And even that, we're not going to be able to cover all of it, Um, but we're going to do our best to cover something good and helpful to you. So let's take those first three lines. You've got the wings to fly, so carry on your way. No need to stay with me. So if we organize them into columns, you'll notice they have the exact same weak, strong, weak, strong, weak, strong syllable um, pattern so it's you've got the wings to fly weak, strong, weak, strong weak, strong so carry on your way weak, strong, weak, strong, weak, strong no need to stay with me Weak, strong, weak, strong, weak, strong. See, see how that works. So it has flow, right? And a part of that is because the natural flow of these sentences, the natural emphases that you have on certain words, um, fits with the. It 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 has an intrinsic rhythm to it, and if you hear the song and the way it's sung, it it. it also follows that same rhythm so i'm not fighting against the rhythm of the words i'm using the rhythm of the words because the rhythm of the words is intrinsically connected or should be um often again not always but for great flow it's a good place to start is to have lyrics that naturally flow um and they do so so for the song It's easy to have the melody and everything follow the natural flow that is contained within the lyrics. So, I have this laid out, which first of all, you should check out my uh, blog post on this, because I think seeing this chart will be helpful. Uh, It's at songwritertheory.com slash lyrics and rhythm, and there's dashes in between each of those words. So lyrics, dash, and dash, rhythm. Uh so feel free to check that out. I think it'll be helpful. But um so I'm going to read the words that I have in the first week column. You've so no. Okay. The strong column got care from carry and need. Next week column the re from carry and two. Strong wings on stay weak to your with strong fly way me so see how for the most part there's some exceptions right like the strong being on is you know all right but all the important words if you take all the real uh words that just have meaning to it you've got carry which the strong Syllable of carry is the first one is in strong, need strong, wings strong, stay strong, fly, way, even me strong, and all the weak words are all whatever words the or the depending on context, I guess, to, uh, with, so, no. Um, and you could argue no sort of strong, but for the most part, I, I'm not only is the natural rhythm of the sentences as a whole matching up, but I make sure that the more important words are emphasized by being in those strong columns. And there's all sort of patterns you can use so the whole week strong week strong week strong that's just this one song that pattern can be whatever works for your song taking that pattern and using that pattern is not the point here the point is looking at your lyrics and seeing the intrinsic rhythm within them and not ignoring them working with them because they're intrinsically a part of your lyric, so it should be intrinsically a part of your song. And I think I'll do a whole nother podcast on this because there's just so much to dig into here. But you have weak and strong syllables, right? And that can be paired with other factors, such as appearing on "downbeats" or strong beats" versus "up." beats or weak beats um or near strong or weak beats if like a lot of western music your melody is actually syncopated um so and in case you don't know downbeat and weak beat basically most music that you're going to write for sure and almost any remotely popular music um is either in a 4 4 time or 3 4 time, or some time that is basically those, but you count them slightly differently, like 6 8, which is basically 3 4. It is not exactly 3 4, um, but they're in the same family, if you will. Um, so a, a, a downbeat or a strong beat in 4 4 time is 1 and 3. So it's 1 2 3 4. 1 2 3 4. And then in three and three, four, it's one, two, three, one, two, three. So the one is the strong beat and then two and three are weak beats. Um, so you can pair the concept of strong and weak syllables with strong and weak beats to really double down on this, the strength right? So if you have a strong syllable on a strong beat, it just gets that much stronger. Whereas if you have a strong syllable on a weak beat, that can have a different effect. It's not going to be as, as, um, it's, it's it's just going to feel different now. It's going to depend on context and stuff. Um, and there's a lot of details in there, but the main takeaway here is that there's the second lever, if you will, to dial up, Whether you want to highlight something or, you know, hide it, I guess, or not necessarily draw attention to it. Like the word with probably doesn't need that much attention, right? Versus like fly or some other term that's a verb or some sort of important word to communicate what you're trying to communicate. And then you can also use the third lever, of high notes versus lower notes, right? So, like the ultimate epic highlight, this word sl- slash like this this part of the song is to sing the high note on the downbeat with a strong syllable word or a strong syllable rather, right? Because now you ha- are doing strong in all the categories. It's on the strong beat. It's on that downbeat in the one two. Three, four, one, two, three, four. And then you're hitting a high note, which in this case, we're going to assume you're belting a high note, not using falsetto, because that would then make it uh, weak, which there's nothing wrong with that. Using that to effect is fantastic. Um, could do a whole podcast on the usages and strengths of, of using a falsetto um, or head voice in general, but... Um, In order for a high note to be inherently strong, it needs to be belted. And also having a strong syllable, because now you're combining all these strengths to make it just ultra strong so that it's really highlighted. Um, So those are sort of the three levers you have to work with. And the main takeaway here, though, is flow. You want the words to flow with the music. It's just got a flow, and if your lyrics have a natural flow, where the flow of them—the weak, strong, weak, strong, weak, strong—or strong, strong, weak, weak, strong, strong, weak, weak—whatever it is—once um, you figure out a pattern of it, it's not—it's not just important to match syllables, um, although that is certainly a very good start. But for certain songs, if you really if you really want to up the flow, a great way to do that is to make sure that the strong versus weak beats or the strong versus weak syllables or the str- the words that you end up wanting to emphasize strongly versus weakly uh, match up uh, which can be very, very helpful for really leveling up your songwriting from. Uh, from sort of a lyrical flow point of view. And before we go, I just wanted to say that as of today, September 29th, 2019, we have officially hit our first month of a thousand downloads, which does not sound like much in the scheme of podcasts in general. But we, of course, are still in our first year. We have not hit our... Uh, first year anniversary yet, and it's still exciting. It's an exci- exciting milestone uh, to be a part of this first month in which we we've hit that that milestone. Really, right? Like a, a thousand downloads happen this month of this podcast. Like that's that's pretty cool. Um, so I want to take this time. To all of you to say thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, Uh, thank you for telling a friend, because I think the first time I've really asked you guys, hey, tell a friend, Um, help me out, Um, I believe that was the month we saw a pretty nice leap. So here it goes again. We had our first 1,000 download month. Let's go for 2,000 this month, because why not? But in order to do that, you're going to have to tell another friend or another two friends because um, I'm excited about this podcast. I enjoy doing this and it's even more exciting for me when I see the downloads coming in and um, or, for example, when I get an email from, from Eddie and he gives me some ideas of, of things to talk about that would help him and I can tell that uh, you know, this time that I take to do the podcast is actually helping people. Cause if it's not, then I'm wasting my time and I I guess yours, but really if you're what half an hour into a podcast that hasn't been helpful to you, that's, that's on you, man. Um, but seriously, if, if this wasn't helpful to you though, go, go check out some of the other podcasts, the other ones might be, if this for whatever reason did not resonate with you. Um, but Thank you to all of you for subscribing. Thank you to all of you for being a part of this. Feel free to shoot me an email if you have any feedback or things that you want me to cover. Because um, I have now increased my list of things I'm going to cover thanks to the email Eddie sent me. I'm sure there's going to be like 10 pieces of content total that cover some of the things uh, he mentioned. Um, but... I'm always up for suggestions, and I want to hear from you guys. Also, um, if you have not heard, there is a new guide that is absolutely awesome. It is so good. I was so excited. I was showing it to everybody when I finished it because it took forever. Um, But I have all my best music theory knowledge in there that I think is truly necessary for songwriting. And it's, it's basically split into four sections. I tell you to read the first section and keep rereading that first section until you get it. And then we do that for all four sections. And by the end of that, you will know all the music theory that you really need to know uh, for songwriting. Like I said, it's totally free. Totally, completely free. Uh, so be sure to go check that out. It, the link will be in the description. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. Hey, friend. I just wanted to thank you for listening to the Songwriter Theory podcast. I genuinely appreciate all of your support. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. If you have already told a friend, go tell another one. And if you want a simple guide to start writing a new song today, be sure to download my free guide, Simplify Songwriting, the simple guide to start writing a song today at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. If you're overwhelmed by songwriting, or often get stuck in creative ruts, this guide will help you push through and get started writing your new song today.